back to the show, Be the Gospel, with your host, Anthony Tijerina. Hello, this is Anthony. We are in day six of Heal the Sick. We're in chapter six, which is, If Two of You Shall Agree. And this is going to be a great chapter. There's a lot of power in it. I mean, there's tons of things we've been covering. There's been a lot of powerful things that have been coming out. And it's been amazing. But there's something about agreement. God has put agreement in for a reason. And so I'm going to talk to you about something that probably most people miss. But it's still as powerful as two people agreeing. Okay. So if two of you shall agree. If two of you shall agree on on earth as touching anything that you shall ask, it will be done for them by my Father, which is in heaven. So again, here is an absolute word. Anything. It doesn't say it has to be certain things. It says anything. And that's Matthew 18, 19, verse 20 of the same chapter. It says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. It is a proverbial it is proverbial that there is strength in unity. In Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, two are better than one, for if they fall, the one will lift up the other. But woe to the one that is alone when he or she falls, that the one has no other to help him or her up. Again, if two lie together, they have heat, but how can one be warm alone? And one standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three is even better for a triple cord, a triple braided cord is not easily broken. For Deuteronomy 32.30 and, and Joshua 23.10, we conclude that one can chase a thousand, but two can chase, uh, can put 10,000 to flight. And that's a 10, 10 times the difference, right? Jesus had a reason for doing so when he appointed 70 other disciples and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place. So here we have the presentation of two agreeing. Now, there's something very interesting that's brought up here, and it is the the the, tri the triple braided cord, the, the 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 power of agreement of three, not just two, but three. And we're I'm just remind me to, to <laughs> I know you can't really literally remind me, but remind me before I end this to to dive into what. God's been showing me um, concerning this, and you're, it's, it's going to be absolutely amazing, and it's going to be good. So let's continue. Agreeing interest. God must have had the same reason in mind when he's, he said, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I have called them. We noticed it was Peter and John who were seen by the lame man, and, and through the strength of their united trust, the miracle was done in his body. We are mentioning these things to show you that that where two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that uh, that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. We have proven this to be true in many cases where the victims of disease were unable to grasp trust for themselves. In such cases, when two shall agree, not only in words, but in spirit, the sick recover. And this is very interesting and it's, it's very good because there's been times when I've been praying for someone and even though they're getting slightly better, uh, Daisy will come over and place her hand on them as well. And then they instantly recover. And it's something I've paid attention to. I haven't really brought a lot of attention to it, but I paid attention to because I really see 
the the importance of what is you know brother osborne's pointing out here when the reason for two in agreement with understanding of god's will in that situation and so it's just like the extra boost you know <laughs> the extra pump uh if you want to see it that way the the extra battery being connected to the the person and and god just pushes it through like very simply very easily could i get there on my own yes i could but uh, the the whole point is that we need each other. We need to see each other as a body and, and uplifting and, and working together. And and I think that's really the key of what God is is really tr pushing to us towards. Because if we could do it all by ourselves, then then we'd have a bunch of lone mavericks, lone wolves out there just doing it all by themselves. But that's not the case. If you want to run far, you have to run together. You have to stick in a pack and move together in teams and really start building and training and discipling and all these things. And this is the, the, the model that Jesus left for us, okay? So let's continue. This is not necessary when one person who is mentally responsible can hear the word of God and exercise his or her personal trust. This is always best. Trust comes by hearing the word of God. So individual trust, possible individual faith possible, right? Give heed to the word and have your own trust. Tens of thousands of people have testified to receiving healing during our crusades by hearing and believing the word of God as we preached or taught it to the multitudes. A man who had in the engrossed, uh, had been engrossed in hear, hearing the message as we preached arose to find his rupture gone. A lady discovered her arthritis and varicose veins were healed. A woman blind, a blind woman received her sight. Innumerable others have been healed of every kind of disease while hearing and believing the word of God. Anytime you hear the word of God and give heed to it, you will have your own trust, the trust that will set you free. That is always better than depending on the trust of someone else. Why? Because you have it. You have access to it 100% of the time because you can't leave yourself, Right. So if, if you have that trust in God for those things, then it, it makes it super easy. However, there are cases in which the person is unable to reason or, or too, too sick to grasp these truths or listen to the word of God. In such cases, two believers can agree in prayer. And the promise is, it shall be done for them of, of my father, which is in heaven. Thank God for this promise and for his interest in our physical health, as well as our spiritual health. John coupled these things in his letter to his friend Gaius, saying, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And that's Third John 2. And John, who leaned on Jesus' bosom, knew what the will of God was. So here's something very interesting is, um, and this is just a little side note, okay? Because you can go back and you can study this. The word soul is the word suke, right? And so we see it, we've been taught it as mind, will, intellect, emotions. It's the seat of the mind, right? And that's not how Jewish people see it. It's not how Jewish people understand it. So we have to understand that the New Testament was written by Jews, right? And and even believing Gentiles, because um, we don't know, or at least I can say, I, don't, I haven't researched to see if Luke was a Jew or not. Um, there's, you know, other people that... Uh, Paul was accused of bringing into the synagogue and they weren't Jews and and they were with him and they traveled with him. So there's there's questions about that. Right. But 
the main thing that I'm getting out here, getting at here is that soul means life to the Jews. So it's not life as in <gasps> breathe in, breathe out. It's life as the culmination of all your decisions, your attitude, um, everything that, that formulates your lifestyle today. So this is very interesting because when Jesus says lay down your life, that's in the right context. If you go back and you look at it, it's not zoe. It's not the other words for life. It's the word suke. Hmm. Interesting. It says you're supposed to hate your life. You're supposed to hate your suke. And the word hate actually means to destroy. Destroy your suke. So if that meant your mind, your will, your intellect, and your emotions, then you would be a robot. You would be dumb as a doorknob, as we say here in Texas. And so you wouldn't have any rationale or, or, or capacity to think. Um, and so, yeah, that's not what it means. That's not what it means. I, I challenge you, go back and look it up. Go back and, and see what the Jewish understanding of soul means. And it's completely different from what we're taught in this Western civilization, the Western culture, the Western world. And you have to go back and see what it originally, the intent was and, and how they see it. Because it paints a bigger picture. It paints a, a broader picture. But let, that was just a side note. Let's continue. Christians do not doubt that God wills to save and to regenerate every uns, unsaved person, regardless of how hopeless the case may be. It is also God's will to heal every sick person, regardless of how incurable, if the sufferer will, will look to him, will look to God, and believe his word, God's will is to heal all. How can anyone doubt God's love, uh, God's healing love and compassion for his children when he has given us so many promises for our healing. You have a scriptural right to be healthy and strong. Well, you may ask, how then can one ever die? According to the Bible, it's very simple. This is something people ask me all the time. They're like, so we're supposed to live forever? It's like, no, it's not what it says. It says it's pointed to every man to die once, Right? And I know there's some doctrines out there about living forever and, and, and this and that. And we become immortal. We don't die. And even though it sounds interesting, you know, even in the same passage there in 1 Corinthians 15, you know, about verse 50, it says, flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of God. So it's not about your body. That's it's not that's not what it's referring to, basically. So I'm still digging into it. There's still more to pull out of that um, and confronting that doctrine. So um, it's still a work in progress. Okay, but let's continue here. And so it's very simple. Listen to God's prescription for the death of his child. You take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. That does not mean that you must die with cancer, does it? Or any other form of sickness or disease. And I fully, fully agree with that. If you're going to die, die on your own terms. Die because you gave up the ghost. You finished your race and you said, you know what? It's time for me to go to the Father. And and that's it. That's the way it should be. And we have plenty of examples in, in Christian, uh, modern Christian history where, you know, people, they weren't sick and they just said, okay. Father, I commit myself to you. And all of a sudden, they just take a deep breath. Boom, they're gone. They're, they're present with the Lord. Right? So the child of God is redeemed from the curse of the law, a part of which is disease. So when we go back to Deuteronomy, we can see that the curse was sickness and disease. Not the blessing, the curse. Right? So this is what he's referring to here. Brother Osborne is referring to here. 
And so let's read the last one. It says the Bible ideal, the Bible ideal for the death of a, ch the ideal death for for a child of God is you shall come to your grave in a full age, like a stock of corn comes into its season. That's how Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and many others died. And and that's how we should die as believers. We should live a full life. Because one of the promises, the only commandment with promise is that we would live longer. Right? That obey your, your honor your father and your mother. That's what it says. It doesn't say obey. <laughs> honor your father and mother. And uh, years will be added to you. And so when we, we look at that, there's there's something about that in honoring your parents and and loving on them. Doesn't mean you have to agree with them. Doesn't mean you have to obey everything they tell you. Now understand that if you're the reason I say that is because I knew a guy and he his parents or his dad was telling him to go sleep around with a bunch of women to become a man. And he was a young man and he was like, I'm torn because I'm supposed to honor my, my parents. And I was like, yeah, you can honor them, but you honor them by serving God. And I showed him a scripture where it says you honor your parents by obedience to God. And it's like, so I go, you know that it goes against God. So you wouldn't be honoring them. You would actually be bringing dishonor to them um, by obeying what they're, what the father is telling you. And so in the light of scripture, he was like, oh my gosh, I completely understand what you're saying. And, and it makes sense. It's clearly written here. And I said, yeah. So very interesting stuff. But going back to the point, which I originally was starting with, and I want to get back to, is if two of you shall agree. So something that God's been talking to me about is, is not just a physical person right next to you, laying hands with you um, for the, for someone else, or I have countless testimonies where somebody's come to me to pray for somebody they know. We get we grab hands together and say, okay, I agree with you. And, and as I say that, I begin to pray and God starts showing me what's going on. And next thing you know, the person shows up the next day or we hear about it very soon afterwards and said, everything you prayed happened. How is this possible? And it's the power of agreement. But the way I see it, and the way I'm, I'm beginning to understand it is, is not necessarily that I'm agreeing with the person as much as I'm agreeing with Jesus. I'm agreeing with the Holy Spirit. Because if we go to Romans chapter 8, we can see that it's the, the Jesus who intercedes for us. He's praying for us. He's believing for us. And then we have the Holy Spirit. And it says the Holy Spirit is groaning and he's interceding for us. And he's praying for us, right? So we can see that here you have two in agreement on our behalf. And all we have to do is surrender to that. And then it comes to pass. So it, it's I the best way I can explain it is I just say, okay, God, what do you want to say? What do you want to happen in this situation? And no matter how crazy it sounds, I'm going to agree with you and this is going to happen. So for instance, I was in Germany. This lady comes up to me and she says, my husband, he's been drinking. He's been beating me. Um, it's not good. I'm thinking about leaving him, but will you pray for him? I said, yes, absolutely. I'll pray for him. I'll pray for your marriage too. So I grab her hand and God shows me exactly where he's at in his house 
that he had been drinking and he was laying down to go to sleep. And I said, okay. And I told the wife, I go, oh, he's already starting to go to sleep because he started drinking early. And she didn't say anything. She just looked at me like, okay. And so I just started praying. I was like, God, start speaking to him. Touch his heart and, and just, just completely change him. He shows up the next day at our conference. And he says, last night I had this dream and where I felt God put his hand on my heart. And I could hear people praying for me. And I just looked at him, I smiled because I remembered the night before. And I told him, I go, that was us. I was with your wife. She told me about what, what's been going on in your life and we were praying for you. And he goes, no, no. And he said, well, I woke up and I could still feel the presence of God with his hand on my chest because I couldn't go back to sleep after that. And so after I was sharing with him how we were praying for him and he just says, no, no. And he just starts crying. This is a big, burly gypsy man. Okay. Gypsies aren't known for being very emotional <laughs> as far as that way. They can show rage, right? Or upsetness, but um, vulnerability is is something in their culture that is, is not um, very prevalent. Let me put it that way. And so he just grabs me and he just bear hugs me and he's just crying and I'm just hugging him back. And I was like, man, do you understand how much God loves you? And I really, I know what the real issue is. And this is what God told me about the situation and, and everything. And he's just looking at me like, oh my God, like, you know, more than I've ever even said to anyone. I said, and I just kind of told him in confidence. I took him aside and I just speaking directly to him, sharing with him what God was telling me. And then that that same service the the wife of the another guy who they all know each other uh the husband of an of a of another lady that was there sorry um she calls um she asked me to pray for her husband he showed up the third day so not the next day but the third day and he comes to the front and he goes i have an issue with this and this and this and will you pray for me I said, absolutely so i just prayed for him all of a sudden you just see everything just come off of him and he's just like what in the world just happened? He was like stunned. God just like totally messed him up. <laughs> Made him right, should I say, right? And so he went and he sat at the back of the church and he's just staring. And he's trying to figure out what in the world just happened. And it was just beautiful. It was beautiful because I knew that was Jesus's heart. That was the Holy Spirit's heart in prayer for those people. And all I was doing was simply agreeing with them because in the mouth of two or three witnesses, it shall be established. So I'm coming into full agreement with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and boom, it happens. So when you understand that this is what prophecy actually is, is that you're coming into agreement with God and he's releasing it forth on the earth and it completely changes everything because the people see as their hearts are laid out perfectly before God and the situations and the motives of the heart and everything are coming to the surface and God saying, this is the real problem and this is the real solution and this is how I'm going to do it. And this is how I'm going to bring about the real solution. And, and as God lays everything out, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, earlier last year, about this time last year, we were in India and we had an amazing time. And there was this guy, he came up to me and he said, I'm, God told me I'm going to be an actor. 
in, in Bollywood and, and, um, I haven't gotten any calls or anything. And, and so I've been curious if, if I heard God or not. And he was a good looking young guy, you know, you could totally see him being an actor there in India. He had the complexion, the height, he was very muscular. Like he was a good looking guy. And so I said, oh, okay. I said, God, what do you want me to tell him? And, and so God gave me some specific instructions for him. I said, look, this is, this is what God is saying. You're looking for the big. And God wants you to look at, he, goes, he wants you to accept the small part because the small part's going to blow up. It's going to be bigger than you ever imagined. Anything that you can, you've ever even thought of, this is what it's going to be. And, and he was like, okay, okay. And he was just kind of like confused by it and everything. And he's like, I go, look, you just sit on it. You just pray about it and see what God says. And he says, okay. Well, he wrote me. So this is almost a year later. He wrote me last week and he says, brother, I just want to tell you, thank you. Thank you. Because he goes, several months later in July, I get offered the small part in, in a lead role in a, in a small like movie. And well, it ended up being a big movie and it made tons of contacts for him. And it's going to be released in July or, or very soon, March or something like that. 2020. So he's super excited. God used it to open doors and, and everything else. And he was just saying, thank you for being obedient to what God had spoken through you. Because if, if I didn't take that step, I never would have had this opportunity. And so I just stepped back and I was like, wow, God, this is so amazing because all I'm doing is agreeing with you. I'm not imagining something way out there or trying to come up with something all on my own. I'm just agreeing with God's heart, his, with Jesus' motives and his will and God's will and the Holy Spirit's will, right? And they're all one. And, and then speaking it forth on the earth and as people are adhering to it and obey, walking in obedience to it, it begins to unfold and it happens. And so that's what I mean. So I'm not negating, oh, we can come together and we can pray together at all. I mean, that's clear the context of what it's saying here. But what I'm saying is that there's there's something even deeper. There's something even more amazing as we step into full surrender and obedience. And we speak as a mouthpiece of God, as the oracles of God. All these things start happening because we're fully trusting in him. And we're saying, Lord, I agree with you. I don't agree with everything I see. I don't agree with the situation that is being presented in this person's life in front of me. I agree with you. I agree with your report. And your report says this. So I'm going to speak this into the person's life. That simple, that easy. And then it happens because it's simply trusting God. Amen. Well, I hope this has blessed you. If it has. Uh, you know, you can go and you can um, support us on bethegospel.com forward slash crowdfunding. There we are working. You can see what we're working on. I put everything there. Working on four different manuals, also an internship. There's many things that, and it takes time and effort. And it's not as glamorous as you want it to be. You know, writing down everything God wants you to write down. And you have to go back and look it over and again and again and again. Working with several different editors and it's like, ah, you know, <laughs> but it's all for the glory of God and it's going to glorify him in the end. So it's going to be absolutely amazing. And so right before I go, let me just pray for you. Okay. For God's will in your life. And if you're sick, that you be completely healed. Amen. 
So Father, I thank you right now for anyone in the sound of my voice that all sickness and disease leave their body now, that they are perfectly healed, perfectly whole, 100%. And Father, I thank you that anybody in the sound of my voice, that they walk out your perfect will for them, that they surrender to you. They say what you want them to say. They do what you want them to do. 100% of the time, and they see your goodness everywhere they go. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you. Be the gospel with your host, Anthony Tijerina. We'll be right back.